0: Hush! <sighs>
1: Hey gang, Mikey P here. Welcome back to another episode of We Speak English Good. Today's guest is, or are, I think it's is, are. Today's guest are, shit, this is what you get for half-ass going to college. (laughs) Today's guest is Ben Cohen and Sam Waldenberg. These two artists make up the heavy color. I don't know if it's the heavy color or if it's just heavy color, but I'm pretty sure it's heavy color, but I'm going to describe them as the heavy color. All right. Nice and confusing. Heavycolor.com is where you can find these guys. That's H-E-A-V-Y-C-O-L-O-R. Their music is a very dense Um, uh, Hip-hop, sample-based, African drums-type stuff, Um, you know, sample-heavy, although their new stuff is kind of um, organic, the stuff that I heard. By the way, in the interview, when we're listening to the songs, I say we might cut away to something new. Well, I forgot to contact Ben and get, like, a sample from him, so there won't be anything... (sighs) new but um i will play something off their previous release uh, um let me see what is this called it's just a self-titled heavy color album uh let me read the description they got on their band camp anyways heavy color is a live beat making collective based out of toledo ohio that's where i'm from Heavy Color creates ethereal, oh my god, (laughs) ethereal bass-heavy soundscapes with live percussion, MPC mashing, on-the-fly sampling, vocals, and synthesizers, combining a soulful electronic haziness with the organic textures of African and Latin percussion-heavy music. So that is their official description on their band camp. Now, a little history. I used to know these guys from back in the day, although they don't really remember me because I was probably fatter and louder and more obnoxious, Um, but that's okay, whatever. I don't deserve to be remembered because mostly I was an asshole, so that's fine. Um, but these guys were always a staple in Toledo, the Toledo music scene when in my generation, I guess, when I was younger there, they still are. Um, they had a couple bands called the anti villains, which we talk about, uh, uh, which we talk about and also drive, which is a high school band that they were a part of, which we talk about, um, So, I I knew their music. I was a fan. And so, when I knew I was going back to Ohio, I reached out to Ben and I set this up. They're very gracious. They gave me plenty of their time, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, Really open cats. Uh, I got to see their rehearsal space, which was amazing. Um, It was this old warehouse on, on, like, Kind of downtown outside of downtown, kind of heading south Toledo, right by the right underneath the high level bridge, kind of which is a big blue bridge in Toledo, if you're familiar with that, um but it's just like crazy warehouse that just has like tubes in it, and um but they have these spaces that is their studio i I just loved the whole vibe of the place I loved just <laughs> i i was i i did i i didn't know where the place was it's very just this broke down looking warehouse that they're just sort of fixing up and turning into their studio loved the whole vibe it was awesome um so i got to sit in and check out their studio they're showing me some new music i got to check out their equipment the stuff that they're using I think we talk a little bit about that in this too. I'm sorry I keep sniffling. I am cold. I am freezing because um, my garage is cold and it's winter in San Diego, Southern California. And, And even though you wouldn't think it gets cold here, it does. It gets very cold, like a desert cold. Plus, my house is an icebox because my landlord refuses to fix our heater. All we want him to do is fix the goddamn heater, and he won't, I guess. And uh, so that's that. Um, Yeah, so this is an awesome interview. Uh, Let's do a a little bit of business here. I want you to go to rainamystique.com. That's R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-U-Q-U-E. Dot com Sign up for the newsletter, stay up to date on what she's doing in, in preparation for the Great American Dream Tour coming this summer. Also get exclusive releases and, um, you know, get a lovely newsletter handwritten by her every, I don't know if she's re- releasing it weekly or monthly. Anyways. Also, I'll be playing with the lovely and talented Janelle Phillips out at the One Love Festival. And the One Love Festival, I I think we're playing February. I should have this ready. Let's try this again. So we are playing February 10th, and that is out at, um, at the One Love Festival in Long Beach. It's the One Love Cali Reggae Fest. And that's from the 10th through the 12th at the Queen Mary. I I don't know exactly where that's at, but I'm sure a couple Google searches will find it. Um, Janelle Phillips, the band I'm playing with, will be opening up the stage, the main stage. I don't know if there's more than one stage, so (laughs) the main stage. And uh, we're going to be joined by other awesome artists such as Slightly Stupid, Soja, Stick Figure, Fortunate Youth, Hyrie, Fishbone, The Expanders, The Agrolites, Through the Roots, Simpkin Project, Innovision, Arise Roots, Quinto Soul, I Tell Vibes, and White Glove Service. So that is a full day of awesome mu- uh, music. Uh, Saturday has Revolution, Iration, The Green, Don Carlos is on that, War's on there. I'm just kind of going through here. Josh Heinrich. Um, yeah. And then we have on Sunday, the Dirty Heads and 311. J. Boogs, Steel Pulse, Long Beach Dub All-Stars, The Dog Pound, Mike Love's on that, Ayaterra, Aloha Radio. So lots of good stuff going on all weekend. You got to check out those things. They got three-day passes, one-day passes. Um, pretty cool so Janelle will be starting at 1230 so we're opening up the show there so come check it out it's gonna be a great show also skinks roots project I will be playing with them up at the California roots festival and that's May 26 27 28 I believe we're playing the 26th. Um, awesome lineup There we got uh, the Dirty Heads, Jurassic 5, Thievery Corporation, Nas is playing. Uh, We got Through the Roots. I mean, there's just a ton of it. You can go to CaliforniaRootsFestival.com and get the official lineup. Uh, I have no idea on set times on that. Uh, As the time approaches, I will keep you up to date. And uh, that's just going to be a badass festival. So, pretty excited about that. I think... My wife and kid are going with me, so that'll be cool. They have never, they don't really come on the road with me that often, so it'll be a nice change of pace. Anyways, um, as usual, I'm rambling on way too long, so let's jump into this week's episode with the heavy color, or heavy color, with heavy color, or with the heavy color. I'm gonna go with heavy color. With the roads, do you guys have any plans on, or do you, I mean, because you're the one who has, well, I guess you both have to carry that shit, but um, <laughs> do you plan on uh, downgrading the roads at all um, to like a, a digital format?
2: Like I was saying before, I think when we play with the ensemble, I'll keep the roads. Yeah, yeah. And then when we play as a duo, I'll say, I'm not going to bring the roads at all. I'm going to bring it. Bring it.
1: <laughs> it's so, a bit. So far, that's how it's That's happened. how it's gone every
2: show. Because yeah. it's a great table.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah,
2: it's it's really solid to put other stuff on top of, and then I I feel comfortable, you know. I like the way Rhodes sounds as a monophonic instrument. You know, like I gravitate towards them, uh, not just as you know the traditional kind of like nice uh, pad and you know, but as a as a monophonic synth, I think that uh, if you process a Rhodes um, through you know some some overdrive and nice delay and some some different modulation things you can get uh, the best feeling synth that you know can do both you know monophonic and then have kind of real heavy saturation when you add a couple notes. Oh fuck yeah man
1: it's such a versatile instrument Just, I mean it's beautiful. I had one but when I was moving to San Diego it weighed the van down so much that it was hitting the 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 wheel wells were hitting the tire, and as I was driving i was it was shredding the tire, mm. so I had to leave my fucking roads behind, and then i never just i just never came back to get it and then I needed money for probably for drinking um and uh I had to sell it to a friend so i've 've always had my nord my nord electro 2. but i mean. There's nothing like the real thing, baby. How much you yeah.
3: sell
2: it for? $500. Yeah. I, mean, it's that. I mean, honestly, if you, like an unusable or unmanageable roads across the country, who knows in what shape, 500 bucks is not
1: great, but, you know,
2: it's not nothing.
1: Right, well, I mean, it came in handy. I, I was able to pay rent. There you go. And go to, oh, I think I was going to San Francisco, too, just to sort of be an idiot.
2: I have a hard time selling equipment for anything that's not going to also last as long as equipment right so we end up with a ton of stuff
1: right and do you do you end up do you do you end up like having like electronic graveyards where it's just like uh, broke
2: it's, stuff it's, i mean we walked through two one of them and there's two <laughs> more in this space uh and it's not even just broke it's just i mean it's broke well, yeah it's a bunch it, of broke shit
1: yeah yeah well it, but you have like the intention of sort of getting it fixed one day it's some like, of it, and some of
2: it, just at this point, has no <laughs> value to anybody, and, uh, and we can't get rid of it. Yeah. And now it
1: just sits and collects. We stuff.
2: have sold some stuff that we don't use anymore, um, but I find an excuse for pretty much anything that's not like pretty low on that gradient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like, I'd rather have this thing for, you know, I mean, I guess I'm looking right at Perfect that good, like, exactly. octopad. Right exactly, pad.
4: So, I took this yeah. in, this... Last week, they wanted to give me 25 bucks for it. it. It's broke? No, it no, works. We use the it. New, the new one is 375 used. You, you can easy. load samples on that? No. You can't load them. Oh. So MIDI the, only. That's the Midi difference, only. but Do I want to make oh, a $350 okay. upgrade or just use this for now? Or even if I did get the other one, I'd
2: probably just keep this. For 20 bucks, it's like, why not just keep this old cool right. piece of history? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> Okay, and who knows what kind of
1: precious and the cycle continues. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so like one of the things I was observing when I saw you guys doing video, um, just some your videos off of your website, is that what do you, you.
3: What do we even
2: have up there? I don't know any <laughs> names. Been, we've uh, been, we've been, yeah.
1: You guys have been kind of dormant for a couple years, correct? Well, we've been working
2: on these these releases because honestly, before that. I mean, it's been interesting, but like, we've kind of been preparing to exist in a certain way. You know, we play some shows, and we have, but we have yet to put out a release Um, that is kind of like, we spent the last kind of year and a half, two years, uh, kind of just creating the sound that we want to exist, you know? I mean, me and Sam have been playing together for over ten years, mm. uh, so... Um, a lot of that, you know, has evolved.
4: You know it's 17,
2: right? 17.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. So 17 years.
2: Um, wow.
1: Did you guys
0: go to high school together? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
4: Um, sort of. So yeah. We did, that's where we met. We yeah. met freshman year. Okay.
0: Yeah.
4: But,
2: I mean, we were in bands throughout high school, too, though, and doing, it. but, um, yeah, I don't know. We spent the last two years kind of, like, creating this thing. So everything that's been up there has kind of been like, in some ways, like debris from like the creation, but um, it's been kind of in anticipation to actually show all the stuff that we've been, you know, spending a lot of time, like, I don't know, it's like developing a process, developing, um, you know, whatever we think is kind of, you know, unique from a lot of different types of stuff, carrying this kind of weird fusion music. Um, so, yeah, I guess when people say, like, oh, I was watching some of the videos, I'm like, oh, shit, like what is, the fuck? What is still there? Because it's <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's representative because it's all stuff that we liked and listened to and made, but I'm so excited, I guess, to replace them with new things. Yeah, you
1: know? the next evolution, right? Um, yeah, I, I can see that because you guys so like, now, did it start as both of you or, or was it just you and then you sort of brought Sam in? It was kind of both. You know, I
2: mean, we there's a lot of stuff on that record that was both of us, but is that, um, the, is that even the beginning
3: of it? You well, know the beginning,
2: yeah. I mean, like beginning of it was before that though, when we were roommates, you know, on, on like in Toledo, and then we moved to New York,
4: and I think there was yeah. that, there was a time period where Ben was doing a lot more work on beat stuff up in the up in the the attic at our house when we lived together, and I was focusing on my on my studies if, it, if you could call it if you could call it that, <laughs> that. but he was, he was doing a lot more work in that realm and i would like come upstairs sometimes and see what he was working on um but then but then i think that the the origins of the group have kind of like really ambiguous uh you know origins there's i mean there's what did i just say yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that oh <laughs> uh, no well i the only reason why i bring that up is because um I guess this is going to sound weird, but like, I've been, I mean, I've been following you guys because when I left Toledo, I thought that you guys were awesome, like all the music you guys were doing, like the anti-villains and Drive, I just was a fan of it. So I've just sort of kept in, uh, you know, just in the loop, just through social media, like MySpace and then Facebook and shit. So I remember, it was a couple years ago, I I think, didn't you do like a solo tour to Los Angeles or something?
2: Yeah, I did this weird little so it was a tour slash vacation <laughs> that was with my point. now, yeah, now, uh, then at the time, long-time girlfriend, now, uh, wife of a few months. Oh, congratulations. Um, but we went on the trip all across the country, oh right and right. with that kind of, um... You know, I put this record up, the Arisey Spiritual Machine record, mm-hmm. which was way more of a beat record in a lot of ways. I mean...
0: Right,
1: because it, it was, like, more of an EP that you guys sort of expanded on then, right? Yeah, I guess it really was, kind of. Because, um, like, there was songs off, like, um, the only one I remember is uh, A Billion a billion yeah. Strong. That was, like, one of the first releases, right? Okay. I mean, that was <laughs> honestly the last thing I recorded for that okay. record, so... it just, I remember it because yeah. I what remember hearing a... Yeah. Um, I think you did like a podcast out in LA. Yeah, that was I re-
2: with um the Culture Remix dude.
1: Yeah. I I just remember listening to that and I think that was one of the things. I think you actually performed on it too, right? Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, it, it was just inter- it is it's just interesting to see the evolution. Uh when you guys are out, well, I was well, I was started out when I was saying I was watching a video of you guys. Um mm-hmm. I noticed that you kind of have you kind of have like control of other instruments that live instruments. So like I remember, I, I think unless I was. I guess in, it depends on which video.
3: Right. We well, we there was one. Know that we had okay.
1: Any. So there was one where you guys were performing in a video. Okay. Or, or video performing in a video. Yeah, in a living room.
3: And then, oh, got you. And yeah. then
1: you like he started hitting like the. Well, not woodblock, but you know, oh, I see. The, and then you started turning knob and reverb came on, and uh-huh. so like, I was just, is that is that just me hearing shit? No, or that's for real. I you mean, guys, that's... you guys sort of, you keep a kind of control. Cause I remember also with a saxophone. Yeah, I think you were fucking with saxophone sounds too. It's like, I don't know what my question was really, but I mean, what we had fucked with saxophone. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> yeah, we fucks with saxophones. Like, um, no, but I'm saying like, you're 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 controlling the effects of the of different instruments, and I guess
2: uh, yeah. So I mean, that's been a evolving little, you know, question of exactly how best to do that. I mean, and I think that we've come up with some ideas, but I feel like I think like I've come up with some ideas every time we are about to play a different show, and I feel like it's a new setup every. Every show, yeah, which is really frustrating and difficult. <laughs> um, but how do you how do you live loop instruments um,
4: and then deal with the discrepancy in volume? There's certain you limitations and, and obstacles to, to to making it seamless. You know, with even with feedback and everything, it just. We just we, we're, it's, it's kind of something to figure out a bit musically, I think it's great because yeah, I, I love you, it I like the pacing of it mm-hmm. I like to I like to lay something down and let it breathe for a second or like have a chance to manipulate it and we, we definitely like to use the live instruments um, like f- to- for, the, for the tones and just the moving air, you know the vibrations, but also because of I think it has an impact on the way that you kind of visualize the music the, the pacing of it and stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and so, like, I guess I was just interested in as opposed to, like, you controlling, um, like, almost every aspect of it as opposed to having, like, the drummer just sort of click on his own stuff and, like, the... I think that's what we're moving to. Yeah, That's what you're moving to?
2: I mean, yeah, like, ideally, I mean, it, that's just the deal, though. It's like when we have such short when we're playing, like, these shows that are uh, shorter setup time... It makes sense in some ways to have just one centralized space to mm-hmm. just send a few microphones to. Right. Um, but if you're in a space that's small enough, like a living room, like there is a huge noticeable discrepancy in like the 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 snare that you're playing. Like you can't like you couldn't necessarily like loop a kit or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like deciding like okay, so we can maybe just loop, um, you know, rim shots or shakers and stuff. But then you're playing a shaker in a room that's small, and then all of a sudden the shaker's gone, and then you have this, like, you know... Ghost. A, yeah, recorded version of a fifty, you know, on a whatever, a 57, and yeah. all of a sudden you get this, like, kind of, like, whatever representation, you know? Right, right. So, like, that that volume discrepancy and that air discrepancy of the live versus it's been very difficult. So then we go back and forth, like, oh, well, gosh, wouldn't it be cool to... Um, you know, potentially just perform straight live instruments and just have almost like a, you know, one thing was like the concept of like a, like a percussion recital is what I kept thinking of. Like, you know, a percussionist recital, they have like essentially like, they're like very simple little backing track that is like almost like a woodblock or something. Mm. And then they're playing counterpoint to that. And then maybe somebody else is doing counterpoint to that. And it's like this little ensemble that exists, but. What you're doing is intentional the entire time through. Um, it's so easy, I guess, to get lost in the infinite possibilities of effects and looping and doing all these things that it's easy to not have everything make um, as much of a difference or me so intentional. So in some ways, you can be more intentional with way, way,
4: way less.
2: But... um
4: but has uh, has our live performance reflected that philosophy no not yet but
2: <laughs> but at the same time that's where I think the ensemble versus the duo show um, is going to reflect because ensemble let's just go in there we got enough people we can just play the music and yeah. you know we can play the drums, I can play some keyboards get a saxophone player we can fuck with and, uh, <laughs> you know and it's like a performance like a band
3: yeah, yeah and then so we, as a
2: duo we should just we forget that and then we play with um actually just i mean yeah like having a table for a percussion that we can loop and make a bunch of soundscapes to and that's that thing and just trying to separate the two i think is the difference yeah. so yeah we do we do
1: live looping with different instruments and it's a pain ass. <laughs> yes it is hard um yeah that's pretty intense man um uh don't I'm not being rude. I just have some stuff written down on my phone here that's so cool. I got a chess game going. <laughs> <laughs> don't. don't well, I don't actually
2: have it going right now. He
1: hasn't made a move all day. Oh. Pussy. Well. Um so what's the what's the what's that synth that I see in all your videos? But I think it's that one. Which what, that one us sitting on top of that bass cab over there? I broke it. Oh, fun! Another broken instrument.
2: No, that one's okay. It's it's a great control. It's just a controller. <laughs> oh, it's just a controller. What we use right now in live setups: Rhodes, this move, the Juno.
1: Oh, okay, right on. Yeah.
2: that oh. thing is that thing is cool, but yeah, we just got this thing, which we're really excited about.
3: We're
1: unveiling some uh, awesome instruments no, here. I don't, I don't <laughs> is that an original Juno or? Oh, okay.
2: No, that's what I told you. That wood's coming off.
0: Uh,
1: which
2: sucks.
0: But it's
4: old. It's not nice wood. They didn't really uh, invest. Arkansas. In
1: yeah. yeah this really got a little bit. this A little bit. This will be part of the oh, dual, dual setup. Um, what the hell do you call those things? Uh, auto, auto harp?
4: Yeah, essentially, it's a it's a zither. A zither. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it basically is. It literally is an auto part because mm-hmm. so you have these different pedals. Right. Uh, it's not in tune, you got to tune it
3: up. Right. Yeah,
2: you just got this. we got to put a pickup on it.
1: I, um... Sorry. needs
2: some work. It needs some work, but it's pretty and it comes in a little case. <laughs>
4: Yes. And we're going. We're gonna strip everything. We're
1: losing the roads. We're losing
2: all Ableton. And like, you know, <laughs> and so just Autoharp. Just. Well, we want to do auto heart
1: percussion melodica. instrument that thing. Okay. And so, so like actually losing a lot of electronics no, and. Well, no. Well, it'll be it'll be complemented. He was talking right. about losing okay, all I thought the electronics. Though, and then you kept going. Uh, it'll be both though. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm fucking dead serious, bitch. Well, we
2: love, well, we do want to make a record with the zither, that organ, that instrument, and then the shakers. Like essentially, just like a really s- concentrated insane. thing. Love we, that thing.
1: Yeah, those those things are pretty fucking awesome.
2: A lot of that stuff is pretty represented in one way or another, symbolically or physically, on
4: this record.
1: Right on. Now, I I remember reading that you went to. Uh, congo the congo mm-hmm. and um i was interested because like i'm going back to the only song name i know of your guys's collection mm-hmm. here is uh is a billion to one is that a billion to one is one that billion strong i don't even know i don't even know what the fucking name of the song what? i don't has billion in it
2: one that? billion strong okay one the billion strong that created from the ether
3: okay
1: so, was that something that you, a live sample that you got from the con? That was
2: before I went. Oh, That's, okay. That song actually, in some ways, was, I feel, responsible for me going there. Oh, okay. In some ways, because the people that sent me there, or, you know, my friend Seth at Earthwork Music um, became familiar with the music that I was making at the time, and he was looking for a musical ambassador to represent um for this project and you know he knew that i was working with that type of music and listening Mm. to that record um at least that's what i surmised but um (laughs) i think that yeah that 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 track came before okay i went there so but a lot of the stuff that i mean that that project is interesting and evolving um There's music from it that'll be on this release Mm. that are more field recordings. Okay. So there's a lot of field recordings of people talking and just kind of villages singing. Um, But in addition, so we're using some of that stuff on this record. But the real end goal from that trip is a collaborative record with musicians from there. That we're working on currently. Okay, Um, sweet. So what we've been doing is we send hard drives there. Oh, shit, ideas. like the entire hard, hard yeah, drive? Yeah, so I'll send a hard drive. Because they don't have the cloud? there. Yeah, so internet connection there is really difficult to send. Oh, shit. Like, they can send me messages on Facebook, but they right. can send me, like, data itself is so expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I send a hard drive, wow. or we'll, we'll work on a bunch of ideas, send it there, and then we're working, there's a studio in Bukavu called the um, Nidero Cultural Center, um, and really what it is is a community center. Um where youth and different people from the city can kind of go and learn uh recording or dance stuff or um you know learn to play guitar learn to play piano um and and also like get together and do performances and it's a great it's a great space um in a you know fairly turbulent and interesting and evolving uh region of the world so we've been kind of working with them, sending equipment there. Um, when they need nicer microphones, we kind of pull together some stuff and send it over. Oh wow! And, um, and it's it's evolving in so much that that record is a collaboration where all the artists that are involved in it are are going to get paid, which is cool for them to actually to have um, you know like some kind of sustainable income, hopefully. Um, by selling this record that we make, which will in turn fund that process more. So the proceeds, a lot of the proceeds from that upcoming record will be channeled back through the organization, which is called On the Ground, um, which is an NGO from Traverse City, which is a partnership with Higher Grounds Coffee, which does uh, collaborative kind of next-level um, co-op structures. In all these different um, kind of conflict areas okay. around the world, so
1: wow it's a cool
2: cool partnership, and amazing you know the music is has been really inspiring for a long time um, and we've really dived into the rhythmic concepts and the melodic concepts of of that region and um, so it's been pretty cool kind of testing the waters on this record a little bit, making this fusion. Of African music and electronic music and psychedelic music from the sixties and a ton of ton of different stuff um but yeah forthcoming
1: forthcoming that's cool mm-hmm. so you guys work you guys have a lot of sample based stuff well it's sample based type music that you kind of just sort of flip and, and so extrapolate
2: well, I mean I think this has been an ongoing debate with us though Mm. so we were we originally did that last record was very sample based Mm -hmm. but um we started making this um we were all ready to essentially just make a new version of that we had all these cool records you know i collect records and um we're really excited to just make like essentially like a you know quick turnaround like hey let's just do this again let's just you know have a good time and make this really cool record and we'll you know, keep this process, which I had developed over the last, you know, five to seven years of just like... That was pretty quick. Yeah, it was quick. It was flipping samples, making hip-hop tracks, making yeah. weird kind of electronic stuff with with records. Uh, and then, essentially, we got started on it. I posted a, a picture on Instagram, like, hey, all set to go to the studio, you know, new <laughs> record coming. And we got a, um, a message from somebody um, that pretty much, you know, was just like, hey... Don't do that, you know, because it's going to be really difficult. You know, just like, you know, you're putting it out there that you're just using samples in that way. And it just really got us thinking, shoot, like maybe we really need to rethink our process, you know, and I've already been really thinking a lot about, you know, like just rights of like, what is it to, you know, reappropriate music or reappropriate samples? And, you know, we on that last record, we used a lot of stuff from around the world and I don't necessarily know everything that they're saying, you know, lyric wise. No. And it felt like really, um, it felt not, um, I don't know, incredibly informed or incredibly next level uh, when it comes to the you know, consciousness of that being an artist. And then just saying, hey, like taking that emotional content that I don't even necessarily understand and putting, um, you know, some electronic music or hip hop music underneath it. And uh, capitalizing on that, so yeah. so it really made us kind of rethink how we're doing everything. I don't so, think you know. I don't.
4: I mean, I don't have any, you know, total stance on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's just a fun dance or argument to to have. Definitely, you know, right. like I love. Has, I mean, I love it too. As its place, and I always enjoy. It. And and you know, emotional content or intention. You know, it does, like it. Kind of also is a mirror. You know, but then yeah, it, it's it's just a weird. It's kind of a weird game to play. We felt like we had to. um... It was almost a pragmatic thing too, though. Like we're like we need to, we, it would, to be able to do stuff with this music and not be always worrying about um, stepping on toes. Yeah, you know, we just like thought,
1: the Beastie Boys, they, or a lot of people from that time. And I actually listened to Paul's Boutique all the way through awesome. the other day, mm-hmm. or a couple of weeks ago. I was still in San Diego, but. Um, I was like, god damn, this shit, like, how did they even make money? How did, like, you know, like, because wh- I know there was a big lawsuit over that. So, I mean, it, it, it was a great concept. It, it is a great concept to just sort of, like, take from others and sort of make something new out of it. But, yeah, I guess what you guys were saying is, like, a interesting conversation to have when, you know, other artists want to kind of get their piece of that. Especially artists from countries that... um You know, that are are from poorer countries, third world or whatever, that just sort of have this music out there, and then you're taking it and putting it out there as something new, and it's good music. I'm not trying to shit on it, but it's, it's cool. Do you study, like, the, um, do you study the African beats or, like, the Latin beats and stuff like that? Is that something that you sort of have been taking on?
4: You know I I I would like to take it a lot further. I'd like to really st- study with someone or or at least just get kind of get my shit together um uh, to be prepared for that. I'm always immer- you know I'm always doing a lot of heavy listening um and I you know um I mean I've studied you know a, a bit of a bit of Latin rhythms like just with my kind of jazz education or whatever, you know, but it's pretty superficial I guess as far as like like I'm not I'm not, like, a master of clave or anything. Right, right. And, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I know which direction to put it usually, and, and hopefully uh, I'll keep it solid <laughs> enough to not piss anyone off, you know? <laughs> piss- I, yeah, I, I, the, the thing is, is, like, you can't really just dabble in this stuff, you know? And it's like, yeah, do I study d- African rhythms? Well, I do, but I'm not, um, It's I think it's like a am a student of it, you know? And yeah, we, yeah, I'm, like, kind of a, uh, working some stuff out.
1: That's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, it, I think uh, as long as it comes across legit, or at least um, as long as that energy is there, you know that well, whatever I think that is.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's r- right on. I think that as far as the energy being there and it feeling legit comes a lot to do with uh, it has a lot to do with like the um, you know uh, the pro the process like the, my you know. If you're if you're sitting with that music and feeling it on a deep level, you might be able to communicate it on a deep level, you know, would be
3: Yeah.
4: You know, I'm not saying it's not coming from a deep place. I'm just saying that I'm I'm looking at like the deep um ocean of information that I'm kind of like you know. So yeah, that's a journey that I'm excited to kind of be on.
1: For sure, man. You guys moved to New York for a little bit? Mm-hmm. What I, I was actually curious. This is one of the things I was curious about because uh, you guys are obviously talented and like. And I'm not trying to shit on Toledo because I, you know, I'm from here. I mean, I used to shit on Toledo a lot, but now that I've been here, been gone, come back, I, I actually dig what's happening here. But like, why did you guys come back, or why do you guys find yourself staying in this area? I mean, when. I mean, I know the internet sort of allows you to branch out, but, like, when you could go to, like, New York or Los Angeles or a bigger city and sort of uh, try to expand from there.
2: I think, you know, both of us probably have separate reasons and similar reasons. Um, I mean, I, had to, I moved back here because I definitely felt a calling to be back here. Um, you know, there was some family stuff going on that I needed to immediately come back here, but that kind of just was solidifying um, the feeling that, um I needed to be here um you know on the very most base level of Toledo compared to the Midwest I mean there's a lot to be said for the region that we live in there's a really amazing music scene uh happening here there's a music scene in Detroit and in West Michigan and Northern Michigan too that we love to be part of and um it's a pretty inspiring place. There's a it's it's a more of a um, holistic view of what it is to be a musician in some ways, um, and you know it involves a lot of a lot of community kind of activism, and it also involves a lot of cool dinners and uh, you know I mean I don't know maybe it's more of a hippie thing, um, <laughs> but than, that's okay than um, New York or LA, but but at the same time. Um, you know we can live here in Toledo and we can come to the studio and work 5 days a week you know and then teach music and um do experimental art projects you know and um and do that for our, our living you know yeah. and we don't make that much money doing it yet but at the same time that would be impossible i mean i lived in new york and it was like a constant constant hustle and that's cool but there is something to be said about easy access to nature, you know. And there's better nature, I'm sure, I guess. You know, you could say better nature. There's, there's better access to <laughs> nature, more of it, you least. know. More access. But but the fact is, you know, I think um, we're in pretty close proximity to some of the most beautiful nature um, in the country, you know, which is the coast of Mi- Lake Michigan, you know, yeah. and the dunes, and um, and then the UP, and... And we're also a center. We're really close to Chicago. We're really close to Detroit. You know, Cleveland's
1: and, right there. N- and New York's like twelve hours away. It's and eight and a half. Even, yeah. eight, Oh, but
4: um, <laughs> the last time far, I went, it us far twelve than hours. Than the UP really, yeah, or at least a bit. The UP
2: is twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. but at the same time, it's just it's a good space. But there is an amazing community here. Toledo does have like a cool, uh, a cool thing, and has a way of supporting itself. In, in a way that's kind of hard to describe, I think, to outsiders. Yeah. But I think people that um, live in some of these Rust Belt cities that kind of evacuated in, in some ways and now are repopulated in this kind of um, post-industrial space, um, I think a lot of the same cities kind of have a similar understanding. yeah. We're close to Pittsburgh, too. Pittsburgh's really pretty. And so is Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh took Mm. a dick, man. Like, fucking, like all these cities, like um, just this post industrial thing that we're living in now. Well, that's what I was interesting about it was that over the last 10 years since I've been coming back, um, I mean, I think like everywhere, everywhere I go, it seems like everybody's sort of bringing in this community thing, you know, like everybody's sort of like starting to. get the picture and music's getting better i feel like not mainstream but like when you go to these cities and find out like you know people are making these little um i don't know out of the rubble they're making the you know a garden and what i love about toledo is that every time i come back i see more and more people like i mean just like the handmade toledo thing you know i'm talking about in adams Mm -hmm. and just people uh, um i remember a couple years ago i was here uh I forgot his name, last name, but Jerry had this art space over by the mm. Toledo, uh, the farmers market. It was Bozarts. Yeah, we we're right you know, next door to the farm. there. Yeah, yeah. It, I thought that shit was amazing. That was, I was one like, of our first
2: shows with that Bozarts.
1: Okay, was yeah. at that, that spot. Hmm? So I mean, like I, I, I really like, I really like what's happening with these other cities. I mean even in San Diego like the the music scene to me when I first got there wasn't as um lively as it is now. Now there's a lot of cool stuff going on and people are sort of doing the same thing. But San Diego, I mean like fucking it's starting to get crazy out there with just pricing and living. Um we so, got a
2: little ways here to go before it becomes unaffordable. <laughs> right, us. exactly cuz there's but, a lot of space.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's cool about it too is like you're saying you can actually afford to live here create and uh, like get by on just being an artist instead of having to be like i got to go work this 9 to 5 and then afterwards i'm tired but i'm going to try to get music done it's like now in a place like this you can really get into it
2: that's not to say it's not extremely difficult for a lot of people here this is a really it definitely is like that's like we're really fortunate to have that ability mm. but there's some um, I, I think it, there there is still like a pretty harsh economic reality here oh, yeah, in, totally. in Detroit and all these other spaces um, you know we're, we're fortunate enough to be to have some roots here that there is a really supportive arts community and um, you know a supportive entrepreneurial spirit that is possible but it's also a pretty tough city to be um, I think so I think it's uh, irresponsible to point it kind of, like, paint a picture that, like, Toledo is some, like, um, you know, bohemian haven that you can come here and right. live and be an artist. Yeah. Because it's, it's really not yeah. that easy. I mean, public transportation is difficult. Yeah. Uh, you kind of do have to have a car to get around. A lot of these cities are like that. So I think that there's there's definitely pros and cons, and we just happen to be extremely fortunate in that way. And it's, it's like good to remind ourselves of that because it's not the case for a lot of people
1: oh definitely man definitely yeah uh why do you find yourself back here sam um instead of just going somewhere yeah because I, I mean, that i mean like because honestly that's what i did i was like i can't be here anymore and i fucking dipped but it took me like 10 years to actually get where i'm at now Like, just this last year was fucking the first year where I was like, oh, I'm a musician, I'm living off music, I'm teaching, I'm doing whatever, you know, running programs. Whatever it is, I'm not working in a cubicle anymore because fuck that. That's prison. But, you know, like, that worked out for me. But same goes in San Diego. because um, Because you have a high price of living, it's like the artists suffer there. And, and these little communities get sort of pushed out, and they're getting gentrified, and uh, everybody's getting priced out. But what what sort of brings you back to Toledo? Uh,
4: I lived I lived on the Big Island of Hawaii. Uh, well, first of all, after New York, I had just I had, had I knew that I needed I wanted more sp- like time and space than that. You know, it was just mm. kind of like it, that was stressful for me yeah um being there I, I space just, yeah yeah was. some some space <laughs> in the time you know it just it just felt everything was claustrophobic at how the, long
1: mm-hmm. were you guys there
4: i was there for about a year ben maybe i was there for like near four
1: four years fucking hustling was it four what it was part like three
2: it was like the better part of three Shit. into four
1: uh, what uh what part what borough Yeah. We
2: lived uh, all over, Kensington. yeah. We spent the most time oh, in Kensington. together. We were in Kensington,
4: yeah. Yeah. South South Brooklyn, like all south right. of the park. All right. Yeah. Um, so after that, I just like kind of had it with that dense of an environment, you know. Um, and then uh, we went to Hawaii. My girlfriend and I, and we were doing some. We were just gonna go for a few months and do some farming. And we
1: were woofing. You
4: know, yeah, we were woofing, <laughs> and it just kind of we made some like relationships with some people when I was playing in a band and. Mm. Um, we were having a great time, and and we got jobs, and didn't really want to leave. We stayed there for a year. <laughs> Fuck
0: it. Just stay here. <laughs> she wants
4: to go back, but th- that was kind of that was tougher for me, because I did have time and space there, you mm, know, and I had yeah. the best space. So, I, um, but I came back because uh, um, family, you know, band, music, projects, you know, um, uh, stuff that, uh, like had been kind of put on hold too much for that 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 dream for a minute um you know we still we still uh think about that place but yeah toledo leaving leaving that environment and coming back to toledo is like okay if i'm here now and i'm doing this like i really want to go go for it with these projects you know and like make the time count make the energy count so we've been i feel like we've been pushing a lot harder together. i've been pushing harder you know since i came back um, to make the most of it and this is the first time I've really enjoyed living in Toledo. and mm-hmm. I, I mean, as an adult or whatever, you know, like where I actually feel like I'm getting what I want out of where I'm living, you know, like I have this great studio space and a nice apartment. I'm just, you know, pretty happy to be in Toledo at this point.
1: That's cool. Right. I dig that, right. man. Yeah, my wife thinks this place is amazing. <laughs>
3: That's funny. Where <laughs> is she from?
1: She's from San Diego. Uh-huh. you feel that way at first.
3: Yeah well
1: that's Some what. I t- that's why t- it's like Sometimes. you don't know and like and i honestly don't know either but i mean i have a good idea um but uh she really wants well she wants it because we're kind of in the middle of being priced out of our like beach house so uh she's trying to just live in a van and just tour and do that because i do music with her as well um and that's, that's intense, just sort of living in a van and trying to find a new place to live. And she was like, I mean, I got family here, and that's great and all, but like, fuck, dude, I don't know if I could fucking come back here. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to shit on Toledo, because I've done plenty of that in my day, but, you know, respect to you guys for fucking, like making, a, like, making a space for yourself, because it's really what you gotta do. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm just talking about myself now. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to say, um, the other day, I was sort of uh, I fucking took a heroic dose of fucking psilocybin because uh, I'm trying to figure some shit out, and I thought that would help. It helped a little. But I was sort of like anticipating this you know conversation so I sort of put on the fucking heavy color album on Bandcamp and just fucking wow (laughs) that shit um let me see the visuals okay first let me talk okay I don't know if this is the last song on the album but it's not really completely rhythmic it's more of just sort of sounds like it's just building and building and building and I had my like stupid Bluetooth headphones on and I remember going and taking a piss and Like it just kept building and building and like I'm peeing and I felt like I was peeing off the side of a cliff staring down into a kaleidoscopes, <laughs> uh, Swirl of, of piss and water um, and um, Yeah, that was just one of the things the other thing I noticed is that the soundscapes are so thick and there's so much to get lost into um, just just even if it's just like a woodblock effect that gets delayed and it just sort of fades out and something else kind of comes in and or there's a song where it kind of like turns into like a bit crush sound and it just like pile drives you into the crowd <laughs> and uh, I'm just sort of explaining the whole experience as I can remember so you guys can sit there and take it however you want um, there were other parts where I felt like I was in like a, a cave of sound and uh I'm doing so bad. I'm so bad at describing, but like, how do you describe fucking, you know, these kind of things? Um, I don't know. It was a really interesting experience. Um, I mean, like, your, your guys' music is, is psychedelic purposely, correct? Like, I mean, you're, I mean, that's part of the whole thing, right? Like, this is, you're creating an experience for that kind of, you're trying to elicit that kind of emotion. That's correct, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I <laughs> guess I don't. When I like think about it, I don't. Um, I think I've always been interested, at least, in immersive immersive experiences, yeah. regardless of um, you know putting a psychedelia tag on it. I mean, immersive art in general. You know, uh, I like things to. I like when you lose perspective. Mm. I like when it's difficult to to um, to have
4: to take your your expectations
2: with you I, I mean like I don't somebody asked me you know Yusuf uh, who did the I mean well he didn't I guess he he was the one that we, we we're he was on the first record and also we were able to use his painting for the first record as the cover mm. the other day he asked us you know he asked me, like, what you would um, associate the music that you guys make uh, to a painting um, to an era of like visual art or painting you know and in addition to a few things, one of the things I was I really liked to think about was, um, in some way, when, when Monet talked about making that Water Lilies series, a big struggle that he had was, or the thing that he was really going for was, um, the lack of reference, of like up, down, or essentially you were, it was... Yeah, it was just lack of point of reference. So I, I just really love that immersive idea of, of, um, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, it's not necessarily just zoomed, but there's just, there's no horizon, you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I I certainly like immersive artwork. I like visuals, and I like, um, you know, music that is multiple layers deep, That, like you were saying. Right,
1: soundscapes, creating yeah. a soundscape. Um, you guys also do uh, uh, visual art too with your performances, correct? Mm-hmm. I think I saw some stuff. What what brought that on?
2: Same kind of thing. I mean, it makes sense to me to observe and participate in a live setting um, in a way that you can kind of. Like, back in the day, it was really fun. We were doing stuff where you would put like a projector in the front of the stage and like a screen in the front of the stage and in the back of the stage. So you literally couldn't tell where the front of the stage, it just was one big block of visualization, you know. And I like that lack of point of reference. So you can look at it and feel feel um, okay with surrendering yourself to maybe listening deeper or participating in a certain way. Um, I think that's difficult to do when it's so transparent sometimes. I mean, it can be really amazing if you're doing extremely transparent music, like we were talking about. like if you're if you're playing uh, you know a traditional instrument and you're playing something that's very, very like intentional, I think that you know you can have a very transcendent experience. But um if you're doing electronic music in a certain way and you it requires uh, spectral full spectrum, you know it needs it needs the frequencies. In bass and it needs uh... the setting and the mood, and I think that projections uh, help people kind of get there. Maybe.
3: Right.
2: I didn't want to. Yeah, I wanted to see if Sam has some ideas on the the <laughs> idea of if we make intentionally psychedelic music or not, because he was saying something too.
4: I didn't want to. I was just. I was just gonna say that it's just kind of like there's kind of a shared a shared language or universe kind of in the realm of like dreams, mm. um, you know. Meditate, meditation. It's uh, it's beyond. You know, it's beyond uh, just like a chemical, chemical mm-hmm. state or a certain chemical thing. You know, and it's like a kind of a deeper well that, you know, it's the dream space. I do. I feel the you. Subconscious. I mean, because like
1: I think, you know. Um, There is sort of a a running theme when people do take psychedelics. When one takes it, you kind of start seeing this um, ancient geometric shapes kind of take form. And um, that's kind of a collective high mind type of thing. So, I mean, there is something more to it. Like, there's something more collective going on than just... um, one person eating their fucking drugs and going on there because there's other ways to achieve that too, just through meditation or breathing. Have you guys ever heard of Wim Hof? Uh-uh.
4: He's fucking. He's awesome. Oh, is that the breatharian? Is that what they call them? <laughs> is that the 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 breatharian? Uh, I mean, re- that sounds mythology?
1: right. He like, he he. He like ran a 26 mile marathon in the desert in like the Sahara or something, uh, with no water at all. Um, he climbed Mount Everest in his underwear, um, just breathing. He, he swam under ice, um, ice water, and his like retinas froze, and he kind of lost the hole because he was going he was breaking a world record, just going from one hole to the other hole. But he overshot it and so he was kind of stuck under there and um he made his way out but his retinas froze but like he, did
2: he go blind
1: no he's cool he's good and it's all breathing and the cool thing is is that he has scientific proof that what he's doing is i guess um working so i mean it sounds like you know a sideshow huxer it sounds like trump saying fucking you know i got i'm gonna fix everything just follow me I'd like, vote for Wim Hof. I'd vote for Wim Hof too. Right? What did, what did you guys think of this whole fucking circus of the election? Whatever.
2: I don't want to talk about it.
4: Cool. Not really. Cool. Sammy, you can talk about it if you want. No, no.
1: We don't have to talk about yeah, that at all. It's like,
4: I'll say I'll say that I I'll say this, I guess, that I um you know, you get really cocky when you over a long period of time watching watching the, those kinds of Watching stuff year after year, or whatever you know um but i I feel like i don 't even know I know nothing <laughs> <else I'll laughs> say that. yeah, I do
2: feel that that is that is interesting, as scary as I th- it does feel like you know, regardless if we like felt like complacent in our um, you know like oh like this is more of of this you know we 're thinking about Hillary Clinton, and you know we 're thinking about the mm. You know, we just feel like it's like essentially rigged. I'm like, oh, well, like, yeah. of course she's gonna win. It's all good. Like, it's not good, but um, it'll be more of this thing that I can't control at all, and it's um, already planned, and it's and like, what can I do about it? And feeling like, and then like the floor just gets dropped out. <laughs> Dangerous too. psychology. And then uh-huh. and then you just yeah, like he said, you, you no know, feel like you just I just have no idea.
1: Yeah, it's just sort of crap, but like real quickly. But uh,
2: in some ways, it does make you feel like, like, I think one thing we were talking about was like, well, at least maybe it's not as rigged as we thought. Right, right. Because it, did, it certainly felt like it was going to just be. I mean, and they really just were rigging the election in some ways by just right. like undermining Bernie Sanders. Exactly. Well, so, no,
1: that's exactly, that's, I was going to say that. I actually was watching this um, Democracy Now! Fucking, you know, I'm a fucking hippie liberal, whatever. Um, and they were talking to Noam Chomsky, and they were just saying, like, what what positive thing do you see coming out of this whole election? And um, he was saying that – and I thought it was a great point. Uh, he was saying that when you look at this Bernie Sanders movement, which – like, where Bernie Sanders just kind of came out of nowhere and he sort of um, just busts on the scene and he was saying all the right stuff. He was saying, like, socialism and stuff – and something that's been, you know, deemed, you know, fucking almost demonic for a very long time. Uh, when you're using words like that, rhetoric or like that, and you're getting people behind you, and, and you're making sense. Um, there was a huge movement for that. And then, like you're saying, the shenanigans of the uh, the DNC sort of uh, uh, sort of shot him down. So, he was saying the positive thing about that was that... There is a, a, a large group of people who are trying to do some good or who are behind a, a real change. Uh, but instead, you know, the rednecks fucking won, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. I'm not going to shit on Trump supporters or whoever, but it was a weird thing. We kind of went deeper into that than necessary.
2: That's okay. It's hard not
1: to yeah well it's it's going to affect us somehow right it's um, already has yeah. right and and like you know what was interesting is like just talking to friends from here is like it's like Ohio was so far into that trump shit, and i and I was driving over here on Collingwood, and I saw the they mm-hmm. still have the Trump Pence thing of like why is that even still there? <laughs> well, they're bragging yeah but, um <laughs>
2: except toledo is is predominantly a extremely democratic space, yeah, like it has been for a long time
1: but uh, a lot of disenfranchised, I mean I mean, 'cause when you think of Democrats, you think of the working class and like mm-hmm. um working class kind of got the shit shit on here because of the rust belt and the you know the situation,
2: I guess we just i guess just
1: um <laughs> yeah,
4: how
2: we voted, yeah for the last multiple decades has always been like extremely democrat here well,
4: yeah but that's the that's but, kind of the thing though too though, is that you it was
2: well here we it was still it still was the case though here.
4: Maybe maybe the the majority, but it still was like this sort of a this kind of a different things were kinda of popping up, you know. It was interesting to like see Like what?
1: Like what kind of different things?
4: Oh, just people's behavior, what they wanted to talk about or not talk about and mm. stuff like it, you know, just
1: the silent majority? Yeah, were, it was I don't know. It was, I saw those signs when uh when he was doing his like i won speech trump was and i saw those signs a silent majority i was like god damn that is like those are scary words those are scary words and like someone told me that that's from the reagan era that the silent majority of people who are just like you know they're they're not saying they're not showing their cards because they know they're gonna get shit on you know anyways we don't have to talk about this anymore uh that's a it's a discouraging fucking topic. Um, what's up with the anti-villains, man? You guys released a single not too long ago, right? Yeah, we, we've been working
2: uh, for a decent amount of time. It's, it's uh, Gosh, we have a ton of material. A lot of material we really love. Um,
1: How long has it been since you released that first album?
2: That was 2011. 2011?
1: 2011? 2010,
2: something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we were working on that one for a long time, too. So... And you recorded that with Chris. Mm-hmm. That was in that was here in town. And then this one we recorded in Athens with a guy named Josh Antonuccio at Three Elliott Studios, okay. and it sounds great. We just kind of um, due to so many things that were happening in our lives, um, you know, a lot of family stuff and some health issues with my family and um, transitional stuff between like having to all of a sudden run a restaurant and. Doing a lot of things that kind of just, like, detoured us a little bit. You, so were that record,
1: a, you were running a restaurant?
2: Me and Sarah were. Oh, wow. So.
1: What, where at? In Bowling Green. Oh, okay. I think I remember seeing something. And we loved it.
2: I love, I love, I love making. Were you it.
1: cooking? You yeah, yeah,
2: we took it kind of far.
1: Oh, cool. Um,
2: it became kind of serious for a while, and we loved it, but at the same time, it got to a point, too, where you couldn't do that in music. And
1: Oh, yeah, restaurant is crazy. Know. That's but, um, like, Jesus Christ, the... The amount of time you have to spend in that place. Uh, Me and my wife were thinking about doing that kind of stuff, but
2: yeah, it's a full time gig if you're going to do it right.
1: Yeah, and we're like, fuck that. We're just, (laughs) we'll just, just but uh, (laughs) yeah. So we, you
2: know, in that time, we kind of had that. We recorded this record, and then we it kind of just sat for a little while. Oh, so it's done. We're it's It's actually being mixed now. Five songs of it, and we have another five songs recorded, and then we have probably another twelve songs. That we love even more that haven't been recorded yet, but oh, yeah. I have a feeling that after these five songs come out, um, the process is going to be a lot more transparent and it'll be a lot quicker turnaround. Uh, um,
1: what was uh, Oh yeah, you were saying that it was family issues and stuff. Ton of stuff, and yeah. and we
2: also recorded it a little bit far away from our accessibility. Yeah, so Athens like, is like yeah, it's like four three, hours. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's down by Columbus, kind of.
2: We need, to, we need to have our hands on it more, a little bit. But really what we need is just, a you know, we need, like, I think, like, some of the process we've learned in this heavy color record is just, like, how to start something and finish something. And <laughs> I think that's just, like, the biggest issue. You know, we have, um, like, you know, we have, like, a pretty, like, expansive idea as to what everything should be always. You know, like I think we approach stuff with a lot of like infinite possibility mm-hmm. and um, refining that, you know, yeah. I think we've matured a little bit even in these last four years to to you know take creativity out of uh, out of like selecting a color palette and, and like certain restrictions beforehand, saying that this is essentially done. Before you even start, you know, and yeah. the song is the thing that is the thing that you're creating instead of a uh, symphony um, <laughs> of possibility. And and you know, I think that um, this that record was, um, you know, it's frustrating that it took this long in some ways, but that's sometimes how it goes when you have like intense life stuff that kind of shift gears and you know, and we we have a hard time balancing between projects when you have family and life and um you know you know we produce music for other people um so producing you know as i mean that's like kind of a, my other job is like working with other groups producing and me and Sam do that together so it's really hard to always you know get back to your project you know when um you know it feels like you you're just going to chip away at it forever and i think that's really not something that's sustainable into the future, and I know that's something we've been kind of wrestling with these last few years, and I feel like kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel of what that process looks like now.
4: System integrations.
2: Yeah, it's just all about integrating systems. I think Harp World is a, <laughs> is a,
4: is a, is a good model. Yeah, yeah, we, we've we been really digging the the... the the quick turnaround stuff is inspiring because it doesn't have any weight emotionally on you as far as uh, like uh these having songs and not releasing them is kind of like kind of like builds up this sort of uh, suppressive like you know, like film that's like around your day. Yeah. You know, or like your your consciousness. You know? That's how I feel. Um so the quicker Sarah it is, good. sometimes it just is it's kind of that much more satisfying, kind of like you know, to the point where improvised music for a live audience is kind of the pinnacle, <laughs> you know, because if you can if you can enjoy doing that and uh, and they're enjoying it, th- um, then that's like a really good instant moment of you know, success and shared gratitude. Whereas if you're sitting on music that you're reinventing the wheel as far as the process for, um, and it's a five-year process, then it, it's like. The gratification so delayed it's hard to it's hard to keep your momentum but um we yeah we're turning we're turning corners so i i just think that uh i think we'll have a lot more content to release a lot quicker in the future That's yeah a- i'm pretty excited about that we have
2: so much that we've just had yeah it's funny in this heavy color record it's like there's like a lot of stuff on there that has taken almost two years to create because we had to compose it and then Go to Africa and get samples and then go work with, you know, a marimba player and then like, you know, percussion and then then going, doing drums and then coming back and editing. And essentially with the Heavy Color record, I think we kind of recorded a record before we wrote it. Um, You know, we like we, we recorded songs and then had to find the song in the song and that's a really difficult way to do things uh it's like a constant like because we didn't have samples to use or we were using minimal sampling um we had to create our own samples and that in itself was a huge that took a long undertaking to create a library and a language that we were using to kind of create this record and um you know i think in doing so though we've yeah, we have kind of created like a new baseline of like understanding that now it's it's easier to kind of look at something and turn it from nothing to something quicker because you're approaching it um, in that slightly different way where the where the thing that you gravitate towards maybe is the thing that comes first instead of the thing that comes last.
1: It's interesting you're saying that you're recording songs and then you had to find the songs within. Are you just sort of improvising sounds and stuff and then just sort of playing those down or like?
4: Oh, there's so
2: much of everything. <laughs> okay, I mean, so this it's literally just yeah.
4: It's kind of like what you were saying with the cave. Like it's like if someone went into a cave or something and there's a mirror in there, but it's like too dark to see. But mm-hmm. they're trying to make out a face. Yeah. And like they draw a little bit of it. Yeah. And then like. They go outside, and they get to look at what they drew. Yeah, yeah, And then you yeah. go back into the cave. Yeah, and so you, you end, end up sort of with a kind of sculpture. But it it's takes millions of years of evolution. Yeah. Right. That's how I
2: feel like with the Heavy Color
4: Record, for sure. Millions <laughs> of years of evolution. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the, yeah, it's the... You have to start with the, like, microbi- co- microbials and stuff or whatever, and the bacteria and yeah. then the birds bring, like, a little egg with them or mm-hmm. something, and there's yeah and then eventually you colonize the the whole island and
3: it's been difficult
2: (laughs) it's been difficult to kind of keep all the people that i feel like have been with us since the beginning a couple years ago on board with that yeah because you know like yeah it's coming soon but at the same time i just kind of feel like that's okay because it'll exist and um We'll have to just start fresh a little bit with new momentum because that's just what it kind of took to to make something that we're really excited about or, you know, I think exists in a a pretty interesting or at least um, pretty unique space because it's really taken a lot of different stuff from a lot of places. But at the same time, it's really been a developing of our own kind of sound, which, you know... um, it's cool to do. It's cool to kind of not, you know, like, I know that last record, it was, there was some stuff there that was, like, you know, pretty unique, but it was also drawing a lot from just, like, conventional kind of abstract beat making and, you know, sample-based music. And it's really exciting to kind of pull a lot of these um, wide-ranging influences, the music that we listen to and New Age music and uh, synthesizer music and world African movie. music and world music. From, you know, everywhere. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of influences on here, so it's kind of fun that I, I kind of feel like they've all had their little time to shine on each track. So um, we'll see what other people think. Hopefully, it's not uh, super alienating, but I think there's <laughs> something to grasp on there, too.
1: It, it's know. interesting how that how it can you can easily alienate people just by. So- just by not giving them something they're not quite used to, you know, it's just like they just I, they don't know what they're listening to
4: and they're just automatically turned off. But that's that referenceless state that we're kind of talking about too. So it's just hard. We want to go there, but we also yeah want you to stay
0: right.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, there's both on this record. I think there is. I think there's some stuff <laughs> that feels really plus. pretty and and gratifying. You know, like uh, emotionally. Uh, and then there's stuff that's more challenging. Um, so, I mean, hopefully it just all, you know, comes together. It's going to be interesting to hear it all on one on one record, you know. I, I, we still haven't done that yet, because we have, like, all these different sessions and all these different uh, songs, you know, maybe 12 to 15 things that are being considered, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll just be eight uh, when we look at it and make sure it's somewhat cohesive, but... Um, each song kind of has their little brother or sister I think you know uh, so hopefully their you know step brother distant cousin can get along on the same <laughs> on the same record you know oh
1: i um, just sort of jumping back to Entire, right? anti- 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 but a point of whatever
2: I don't have a Position on that. Okay, anti- <laughs> has I that has that
1: been a I, is that a point of contention? No, it's not. But <laughs> just the a people spell
2: the I, villains yeah. wrong all the time. Um, they always put the i before the a. Yes, yeah, villains. Nobody's ever spelled it like that, and the like you know, villain itself is never spelled like that. So just by putting anti before it doesn't change <laughs> the spelling of the word villain.
1: Villain. Yeah. Um, were this new record? Are you guys record? Is it digitally or are you guys doing the tape thing or?
2: There's been a lot of a lot of stuff. A lot a lot. We did yeah.
4: we did record a tape in Athens. The yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did actually. The rhythm tracks are we recorded the tape.
1: What about the first one uh, when you uh, That was not recorded to yeah. tape. That was all digital. Mm-hmm. It sounds sounds good. though. I oh, mean, yeah. I, so, I really like that it. Yeah, uh, that's funny. It sounds good even though it's not analog. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <Idiot>. <laughs> <laughs> um Well, it's it was just funny like just listening cuz i was I, you know i've been preparing for this so i've been listening back to some of the albums and um well album anti-villains there's i think it's like the third or fourth song that's sort of like it kind of feels like it's like the heavy colors where you or at least you were going you guys were going because it sort of it drops out into like i think it's like a rhythmic like chant type thing mm-hmm. And it just oh, yeah, it yeah, com- yeah.
4: goes from one... Don't get excited, I think, the end yeah. is that... And so I can kind of see, like... The... That was made up in that attic, right? That's that was the, actually that's...
2: made in the... Before I moved up to the attic, just then it was in that little living room. That was on Parkwood.
4: Parkwood, oh. Yeah.
2: That was one of the first things I ever recorded using digital, like, recording into... Like, I was using Audacity.
1: Oh, holy okay. oh, shit. And this
2: okay. was uh, in 2005, maybe? I mean, I, like, had recorded... We've done records before that... But the first thing that, like, I really, like, was experimenting with, like, making psychedelic music, um, or experimental music, like, um, by myself, like, into a computer, you know, Uh like, um, I never had a setup before that, so that was, that was one of the first things we did, and it was called Joy, was the original track, and it was because I borrowed a bazooki from your brother, um, (laughs) And we just made a bunch of sounds and then, like, kind of had everyone sing. Like, Sarah was there. And, and I didn't know that's what that yeah. was, really. I thought that yeah, was an old-world sample. Uh-uh. Huh. We recorded that, and then we put it at the end of that song. Do, do,
4: do, do. That, like, kind of major... Thing? It was that, yeah, that... Yeah, I like it too. Me too. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the record. Man, yeah, me ways. too. Man. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I just it tend- does actually
2: kind of sound like what we're doing now. Yeah. Well, it
4: just the I, end of the what's uh, morning is cool. Is cool too. There's a little bit more yeah, of that. That's true.
1: It's uh, I gravitate towards that shit, man. Just, just who I am. Like, not that you guys are like Mars Volta, but like the Mars Volta is one of those bands that sort of, sort of go in and out of it, but on a much more intense level. Um, so how many songs do you guys think you're going to release with the anti-villains new album? new we're we're going to do five um,
2: and then we'll have quickly thereafter hopefully I would like to do either a bunch of singles or a new full length because we certainly have the material for it cool
3: but um
1: right on yeah you know. um now I remember hearing this my friend Alif she had a old Drive record you guys know Alif? Alif think- Turk. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, she's a very good friend of mine. Um, she showed me this old ass Drive album. I don't know if you guys did it in high school, but it was all like, sound like layered vocals. It almost sounded like Beach Boy type stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I was just like, I remember hearing it, and I think it was right before I went to California, actually. I just remember hearing it. I was like, holy shit, since they were in high school, this is what the fuck they've been doing. I remember being like, low key jealous at the time. Like, oh fuck, these guys have been on it. That was just me. Well, um, we never
2: liked the way that one sounded.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but, it's not, but even if you didn't like the way it sounded, it was still, like... It was a
2: huge learning experience. We were, like, 14 to 15. Jesus. Um, but that tambourine is, like, louder than the, <laughs> all of the guitars. and <laughs> it's, it's funny. funny that's, it's, it's a really loud tambourine track.
4: There's just a part. lot of reverb on, on like, bass electric base. There's some weird decisions a lot there of that the we were too young to understand. Did you guys go drums? into like a real
1: studio We you?
2: recorded at the studio, yeah, and it ended up costing like a million bucks. Nice. We were like young kids. We ended up not getting the record deal. Yeah, you know, we just, it was, it was interesting though, like the rise and fall and the momentum. I think it almost, that like momentum there, or false momentum, I mean, it was momentum because we're still doing it. Yeah. But um, I think I got in trouble in school because of that I certainly was like I I think I I don't know I just failed a math class and like, <laughs> was trying to convince the principal to like I couldn't possibly do anything because like any minute now I could be like in a really popular band <laughs> <laughs> Cause oh, it's about that. and there's That's like yeah. it's he's
4: like sp- you're you're expelled <laughs> I didn't
2: get expelled and I did end up graduating um, oh, but it was just that one class but, it Sounds was because sad. of that record. Yeah, it was difficult. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, whether whether you like it now or not, I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking... The shit that I made when I was in high school, is fucking... Un, it's unlistenable. But um, it still had, like... It um, still had, like, a very... I mean, it was a very pronounced, like, sound. It was, you know... There's a lot of songs
2: know, on there really? that exist as songs. Like, some of the songs in there, are, like you were to redo them or just take away that tambourine. and some of <laughs> The fucking tambourine. Like, I don't
4: mean to be too hard on it, because I, I I always really yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of songs in there I always like. No, you, you you, like it. I just got an email uh, a couple
2: days ago from somebody asking for a copy of uh, that record and a few
4: more. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time that I played it for my brother, though, who is always, he's, he still continues to this day to be really critical of, like, mix, mix and stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, I like played it. It had like that acapella cappella intro, and then yeah, uh, yeah. and then it goes. It's supposed to kind of like kick in, you know. Yeah. And he just like he just goes, oh, oh no, <laughs> and look, <laughs> just like and I was so excited to play. I had just like opened the, the like yeah, the plastic. He didn't and, like it, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way. It just never really. Just that first note with the
2: distorted guitar and drums. Just Wait,
1: kinda... were you guys actually signed to a record? Did no. You? Oh, okay. So we did it all ourselves. You just did it yourself, and, but. but you were like, "This is it."
2: Well, I didn't really like the mix either, yeah. even you when it first. Came I just out. didn't understand that it could be different.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It's. It's. I was just listening to something on. Um, it's it's crazy on how far um, talk about the mix of the as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, man. You know, like, but that shit's important because that, like, what you're trying to project and what you're trying to make your audience feel is huge. You know, and, and a lot of that has to come with um, you know the mix and how it's done. And I was listening to some podcasts. And the guy was talking about how back in the 70s, and probably still now, I don't, I don't know if it still applies, but on tape, they would record the drums first. And the drums would always have this like really harsh high-end and really tinny sound to them. and But it was only because the tape, as you're recording and as you play it back and forth, it kind of deadens. So you have to kind of like bring the highs up, and then by the time that you go to mix and then the master, and you're running it through like several different compressors and you know the whole thing, um, it kind of the warm bottom of that people appreciate of uh, tape drum is what emerges. Interesting. And so, but that's but that's interesting. In like how far ahead you gotta think when you are an engineer like that. It's like you you gotta think about. Um, like one of the problems I'm having now is that the microphone I have that I record my wife with, I'm not too happy with it because by the time I get done processing it, going through you know a compressor and then I have like a parallel compression and then uh, by the time I get done with it, the sibilance is like fucking out of control and every time she goes, it fucking you know drives spikes through your ear. So I'm just sort of like dealing with
2: what that. What kind of mic is it?
1: I can't remember. It's a sure, it's one of the sure wide diaphragm. Even um, with something like that. Uh, KM. K-
3: KSM? Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that has like a dollar sound to it. Mm-hmm. So I always think it's going to work better. But it doesn't. And then I have this like orange blue mic that I don't remember the fucking thing. I'm terrible with like numbers and models and shit like that. But I just know what I like to hear. Anyways, what is it like working with your sister? Because I know working with my wife, I just want to fucking punch her in the face sometimes. I mean,
2: you know, any any <laughs> deep relationship is, you know, has its you know deep confusion and you know there's plenty of emotional things, but there's also you know a big payoff when you're working with people that you're close to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, like seriously. Sometimes it's just like I, str- I just want str- to strangle her. Sometimes, yeah. but I love her. She's she's my gal. Well,
4: Ben won't reveal anymore. About- that, I I realize that when <laughs> <once> she stopped.
1: <laughs> That's fine. I'm not <laughs> not trying to press. Um. Now, um, uh, as a like a. You
4: can cut that out.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to cut that? No, off? it's fine. No, you didn't say anything bad. It's I mean, we're alluding. Well, I bet you left oh. Do you want me to cut that out for you? you laughing about well, that? Well, no, no, yeah. After now you now that it, we made a just, big deal of it? No, you just got to cut out. This it's just actually, we got to cut out. Yeah, <laughs> we're just cut. we'll just fucking dump <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, with your writing, as a, like a multi-instrumentalist, um, where do you tend to start? I guess this is more directed towards Ben. I don't know. You play other instruments other than drums. Sam plays yeah. a ton of instruments. Oh, right on. So, where do you guys tend to start with writing? I mean, I, I know that's kind of a broad question. No,
2: it's cool. I'm a I'm a horrible songwriter. You know. Really? Just, well, I mean, just in so much that I don't have a defined process. Um, I think the yeah. great songwriters that are like traditional. Song, I mean, I know some great songwriters. You know.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and work with some and they have a process that is the same it's like mathematical
1: time. fucking plays they just equation. work
2: so hard on it in the same way and they get you know what i mean i think i forget who somebody you know it's just really like the great writers just they don't look for divine inspiration right they just they do, do it. the work yeah and, and, that's, and, and I do work too, but I don't have a defined process to write songs. So, even, even so much on this heavy color record, when we were thinking about, oh, what should we name the album? And on, we're, we're working with a great songwriter coming up um, producing her record. Her name is Rachel Eve. And um, I was just talking to her about the names for her record, you know. And there's so many you can pick from because she has so many great lyrics. You know, and same with uh, Sarah and the anthem. There's just so many different... Great, you know, it's like... And then I'm sitting here being like, oh, well, like, we don't really have words very often, and they're coming after the fact. So we're, like, putting words to syllables, and I just think it's all backwards. <laughs> so, I, you know, I can create soundscapes, and I can compose, and I can write music, but as far as writing songs, I've had, I had a process at one point, I feel, but um, I think it's been a while since I really... Develop what that
4: is, Um, but uh, even in in drive days though it would it sometimes it would be like well we need a new song today yeah (laughs) Yeah, no we we would just do the work the work you know, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and it's maybe just have to kind of tap back into that again. Also, I've heard you write plenty of good lyrics and songs, and we we did the songwriting contest uh, for a minute. We had this kind of cross continental email. Secret songwriting club that was fun to do to kind of keep the, the maintenance up, you know, to, to kind of exercise okay? those muscles. Uh, well, we had like a group of us, and we would have a topic and then uh, just kind of produce our own little song to contribute to the, the group thread thing, and then we'd listen to them and vote on our winner. You mm-hmm. had, I, I, th- I really liked, I voted for a few of Ben's. I won, a, I then, won one of them. Um,
1: what was the prize? <laughs> Just, Just you get rights? to pick the next one. Oh, cool.
2: I loved it. We had a lot of fun doing that, actually. That was really good. And that is something to be said that when you start taking yourself out of it and you start writing in character or you start writing with a theme instead of like, I need to say everything that I feel like I need to say about the world. Um, <laughs> that's the hard part. And that's what I, I feel like I fall to, into the trap. You know, when I like, write songs, I'm like, oh, I need to what say, am like, I suggesting? you know. So. That is difficult. But when it comes to music stuff, I mean, it's really, you know, a lot of times with Heavy Color, it was, it'll be listening, I think, to a lot of weird records and like taking things I love from them. And at one point it was definitely working with, working, you know, I would do a lot of sample mining, take a lot of records and run a lot of samples through a lot of different effects and just create these little tiny... Tiny little loops, you know, or messing with a keyboard and create tiny little, like, tonal loops. I mean, this is why I think we don't have very many chord changes (laughs) on on a lot of our stuff. Is because they come from these loops that are, like, taking a modal idea or playing in a certain, like, modal feeling or, like, a... um, But it's reduced to, like, pretty small little things, and then, essentially, like, instead of chord changes, we just make chords... You know, it'll be like It's just bass here and then like I'll pitch something and that'll be the, the six or different chord tones.
4: Kind of so more and more counterpoint kind of in one room, one orbit instead of kind of like instead of uh kind of more scene changes. But I think it's good because we're kinda of laying a bed for a lot more experimentation. Mhm. Um,
2: yeah, I mean and there's so much music that is really like that. Yeah, a lot of, kind of my of
4: favorite one. music is like that. Sometimes yeah. so I mean chords and harmony is great. You know, but sometimes, like, when it, um, you know, it can be distracting or suggestive, you know what I mean? Sometimes, like, the emotion can be just as strong, but more um, open-ended, kind of, if it is a kind of a modal thing compared to, like, you know, anticipating all these chord changes of motion. Yeah, right. And then when you do have a big chord change, it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know? so
4: (laughs) Sometimes we'll just have one. And
1: that yeah, that's it. It's well, we yeah, I mean, just off of the first album, <laughs> just listening to that, just yeah, that was a, uh, that was fun. I really, I really like, I really like music that's just dense like that, and that you can just you're, like listening to something and always finding something new within it, always finding some, you know, like it's you just like something you miss, and, and, and like every time you listen to it, it's just sort of like oh shit, that's cool,
3: you know.
2: The Heavy Color name definitely was derived after that record, hmm. was mostly created, and it was in relation to the density in a lot of ways, you know, it was definitely re- related to, I mean, like, that record was really dense, it was, it re- it was <laughs> like, that's like how I view it too, in some ways, and I feel like this record is too, but at the same time, less like, in, There there's like a lot of density in this record, but... Um, Hopefully, there's more air, more too. More air,
1: too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The notes that you're not playing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Well, we play every note, but... <laughs> it's
1: it's <laughs> just not all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. just not all the time. Not <laughs> all at once. Uh, different like,
2: EQ on which notes,
1: yeah. Um, it was, like, one of the biggest albums that I think really changed my mind, or changed my perspective, is probably Bitches Brew, Um just in that aspect of just like this dense sound of just like fucking just i mean like Miles Davis was a crazy person anyways but like it's just this intense dense sound but like i think for me it took it took down barriers where i thought there was barriers that in the Mars Volta um i don't know what's kind of like i know this is a hard question i ask most of the guests but um what's like a uh, definitive album that sort of like brought down the walls for you in the way you interpret writing or music together. <laughs> That's a huge question.
2: Does it have to be just one or can it no, be a combination shit, no. of four or well, five?
1: You could fucking, it could be twenty.
2: I mean at least for this record I could name like, maybe five or six that have really been important, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what do you think, Sam, for this record? Which, give me three, and I'll pick <laughs> another three.
1: By the way, we're in, like, definitely in an industrial warehouse, so if you're hearing shit in the background, it's just dudes moving tubes
4: around. No big.
1: It's all good. But go ahead. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Um,
4: yeah, I guess, like, Um. I think that... Electric counterpoint in music for eighteen musicians is pretty, pretty big. Um, it's for like to, 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 to feel. Uh, I think pulsate like pulsation and vibration. You know, is like a, is like a huge part of this record, and I feel like some of that um, information kind of like. Has kind of came through that window a little bit. Uh, that's one thing. Is
3: that
1: you're just saying pulsation and, and pulsation and vibration, as in like the the act of it, or like is that a name of a group?
2: No, that in that record though, that's a really big part. So, wh- can you name the whole record no. and artist?
4: Huh? Oh, Steve Reich, uh, music for eighteen musicians. Steve Reich. You know, and that's kind of like a real. I think that's kind of the most popular one of his but I mean it's like you can listen to it over and over Mm -hmm. too, and there's different environments that it's great for you can throw that on and practice dramas or hand drumming or something you know I mean it's just that's immersive music that you can lose your frame of reference on for Mm -hmm. sure Um, you might enjoy that a lot
1: yeah check it out
4: I think I guess we can
2: just go back and forth so that definitely is one I mean maybe um, for the the synthesis side um or like some of those towns i feel like i've always been drawn to um okay well i really love there's one synth tone that's in the brian eno record from another it's from another day on earth which is like his 2005 release um but there's a track on there called um I have to come back. I I it's figure okay. out the track, but there, there's there's a track on there. There's a, it's called "Caught Between." Is the, is the is the song, but the the synthesizer at the end of that has been always a influence. Like since I've heard it on me of like how to and I've emulated. I've like made patches that are really similar to that tone. I don't even know if it's a guitar or if it's a synth, but whatever it is, it is just the most <laughs> the most scenic thing and beautiful emotional thing. And I really like that's been really inspiring to me that one synth tone on that record i love that record though is um, that
1: mostly mostly his uh, like ambient type music no there's songs on there exactly. he
2: does a lot of stuff with gospel choir on there but it's but it's but it's all robot voices so it's like <laughs> so it'll be like vocoder gospel okay um that's which is really song. spiritual music but like coming from uh you know but um that's been important, and then like a lot of the spiritual jazz records. So I was really drawn to the the, the Eddie Gale uh, Ghetto Music record was mm-hmm. a big big record for me. Um, as far as just emotion and vocal and and sound, I mean it's such an electric album. Um, the track "The Rain" on there was one of my biggest biggest thing that kind of pushed me towards this like um, the intensity that I kind of like really. At least on that last record there was a lot of that that really frenetic intensity and there's some on this record too um but in some ways um that was always been pretty inspiring to me um also i'm just throw one more out there it's paul winter um paul winter in general um has been i grew up with with his records but um the record Earth Beat has been always a big deal, at least the first like 50 seconds of each song, and then it, then it switches to a little, a little like a little like they all kind of sound kind of similar because it's like his era where he was playing with a certain group. The big drums come in and then his soprano comes in on top of everything. But like um, that record, and then but even more so lately is the Prayer for the Wild Things, which is a collaboration between him and a few different people. But him and Jamie Haddad have some duos on there, and those are really, really beautiful. Um, Sam has probably some more. God, there's I so mean, many. In
4: yeah,
1: the, yeah, I know. I know it's, it's a big
3: question. Oh, I don't
2: care. I'll talk about records all day.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, the. I mean, Alice Coltrane, probably because it's so. Un- it seems real. Uh, Who Alice Coltrane? Alice Coltrane. Okay. yeah, the harp. Um, and the. Yeah, it's it's not conventional. Mm. Um, I feel like she has... I don't know that much about what she's doing oh, but it seems like songs record. I don't know if she's retuning a harp or, or what or just using the she just kind of uh she's it's super modal like she'll kind of stay in in a well she'll be in like one room and then just kind of flip it like it, mm-hmm. like it's just like uh um and that's just really deep music uh that is not to be immediately understood or figured <laughs> out it's just pretty enchanting Um, and it's really, uh, uh, visual, um, um, yeah, Weather Report is really awesome. I mean, I love how, uh, they sculpt their synth tones and they're really Mm -hmm. specific and really all sound so neat. Um, just the way that they use, uh, like... The, way, the weather report is an inspiration because they are so convincing with the way they play with yeah. world rhythms and and melodic concepts and stuff. I mean, it sounds. It's you always top um,
1: notch. Top notch. <laughs> right on. No, yeah, I love it. Like, and they're all just amazing players. I mean, from the first,
4: first. Yeah, group I dig that early. The early stuff is honestly some of my very favorite. Cause Totally and that's man. very in that the it's kind of it's very much like the Bitches Brew mm-hmm. sessions. Well, yeah, a lot
1: of those players are from there, like Wayne yeah. Shorter and what's his name, Arturo, the percussionist, fucking. Oh, what More, the f- Yeah. What the, whatever the fuck his More name. Era. Yeah, whatever the fuck his name is, It's amazing. Um, even like the Jocko era shit is pretty, it's still
4: pretty really dope. cool. Too. Yeah, very
1: cool. <clears throat> have you uh, have you guys seen that Jaco documentary on Netflix? I did
4: watch it. Yeah, I did. It's yeah. fucking. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's sad. sad. It's too. very sad, man. Sad, uh,
1: like watching Amy. Like watching that one. It's just fuck, dude. Like people just burn. They just burn so bright that they fucking just mm-hmm. dither
3: out.
4: Yeah, they're conf- confusing, confusing his peers. You know, like just kind of like didn't know how to help him. You know. Right. But yeah, yeah, he, he's a big inspiration too. He's 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 one of he's like a create you know creative person that will. He'll go about learning things and have a process that's kind of different mm. than the other people around him, and it'll make him sound different and, right. and that that's a huge inspiration, just watching someone that's like okay i'm going I'm going to learn about my instrument by studying this other instrument and applying it or yeah. you know that kind of thinking is is good, I think that
1: oh totally mm. um i one of my <laughs> guests was actually um, um was the saxophone player from the Mars Volta. And he's like this really intense Mexican dude, super intense. Like he was so intense, he was like outside ordering an Uber to my house, and he's like, "Where the fuck are you? Why aren't you fucking here? Fuck you, man! Fuck you!" Like he like gets crazy, but like he like but he the way he plays and he, I don't, he did that to the Uber app. No, he did it to the Uber driver because they called and because he went to Old Town. Well, you don't know. I'm sorry. I know a little bit. Oh, wait. San Diego. San Diego. I know nothing. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so <coughs> reference to that. He went to a different part of town and called him. And was like, where are you at? Yeah. And he's like, motherfucker, I'm in Ocean Beach. Is where I live. Uh-huh. Um, so, but he was telling me, like, he's just this intense dude. And I don't know if you're familiar with any of the work, uh, like, from Francis the Mute on of the Mars Volta. He does all the saxophone and flute playing. And he... Um, he he he's intense and the way he plays is just like he breathes fire and fucking I've actually taken drugs to him playing on stage. Hallucinogens. I like hallucinogens. Um anyways he does that. He he goes and he'll uh, practice he'll he'll go and ask his guitar friend, like, hey, could you give me some practice material that you practice too and fucking let me go and do that and he'll practice that or he'll go for like can't really do bass stuff but he can transpose it up um or he'll go to like a trumpet and see how they practice and he just learns every avenue he's Mm -hmm. he's a self-taught musician fucking fucking he's crazy he's awesome he's awesome he's just like crazy player just so much respect um adrian tara gonzalez i cannot say that shit
2: You better get that right. He's going to yell at you. No, no. He did
1: (laughs) did talk shit. He did talk shit because I I practice because I'm half Mexican. And so I asked my mom how to say it. She laughed at me. I was like, it's Adrian, Terrazas. She's like, no, Terrazas, Terrazas and Gonzalez. And so I tried saying that as I'm introducing and he fucking booed me.
2: <laughs> he booed you he booed man. me I, I like that he actually said boo
1: he was like boo yeah. oh i like that guy dude yeah, he's funny. totally awesome he, he's a totally legit awesome dude but like very intense character and uh two-time grammy winner he fucking called grammy's fucking um furniture he's like what do i care about furniture and he's just like all i care about is music. a he's like Gotcha, bud. That's how I feel too. <laughs> all, all my Grammys, I just, just like I just Furniture. fucking rest stuff on top of the. Anyway. I
2: don't know what they look like. Can you rest something on a Grammy? You Maybe.
1: Well, you can put it in the like tube thing. Right. It's like a little.
2: Um, yeah, you could hold a flower in it. Yeah,
1: you can put your, you. can use it as a vase. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, I mean, like, we went over a lot. There's a lot more records. <laughs> There's a lot more records. <laughs> There's way more records to talk about. Yeah. Um, Let me see here. What are, is there any local artists that you guys are really digging right now? Like in Toledo?
2: I mean, let's just expand it to the region.
1: Okay, let's do that. Um, I know you work with the go-arounds, right?
2: Yeah, we love the go-arounds, for sure.
1: I, I um, haven't really heard it. I just, I was talking to somebody. They were just saying, they were telling me about that, and then your name came up. Who was I talking you? We
2: work with them on producing some of the records, but they're, they're, a, they're a force, for sure.
1: And they're out of, uh, They're out of Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Okay. Yeah,
2: really creative, expansive band. Hard to kind of categorize. Great songwriting, but then also just kind of super unique playing players, tones. Um, yeah, they, big space. They, they occupy a lot of worlds. So, really Woody, really interesting group.
4: Witty and clever.
2: Yeah. Great performers, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They got a couple of new records. Gosh, they've been recording so much. Got a couple records coming out with them. There's a EP that just came out. We did, there's a full-length called Don't Go Not Changing. It came out a couple years ago now. Uh, not that long ago. Um, but they've just been recording ever since. So, there's a EP that came out recently. And then there's a new one that's about to get mixed, and then we just recorded um, a full-length, um, a new full-length, uh, just uh, last month that will be hopefully forthcoming. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely worth checking out. Um, we said something about Rachel Eve, really, mm. really amazing songwriter. Uh, her, she,
0: she's not from She's here? from Grand
2: Rapids. Grand Rapids. Uh, Our Love is Imagined was her last EP.
0: Okay. It's
1: really was, beautiful stuff. Was it no I imagine just by her name that it's mostly acoustic or that is
2: record is guitar and strings. Oh wow. And vocals. It's very but it's it's beautiful. It's beautifully arranged. Um Breathe I'll breathe. Breathe I'll breathe, yeah. From um they're from northern Michigan, the Jordan River area. But um yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite records ever. Really, I think, like the passage of Pegasus, passage is just Pegas- gorgeous.
4: Passage, to
3: passage of Pegasus. Passage
2: of Pegasus. One of my one of my favorites. Um, hard to describe again, but just completely gorgeous. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot to be reckoned with in this region. I think you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's there's a it's a lot coming up. Like I was saying at the top of this, like a been impressed every time i come back here that like people are just like fuck you know fuck your environment like get past it and just go forward and create that's beautiful man
2: um lots of good electronic music in detroit lots of crazy hip-hop dudes you know yeah um yeah great beat makers um gosh there's a cool there's a cool scene in a lot of places i mean all the the I don't know. I like um Illingsworth out of Detroit is really really good. Illingsworth um, is a rapper. He's a he's a producer. Producer. Um, I like this dude Seb um, Severe out of Chicago and Mike 2s and um, um, Marcos Rivera. Um, we brought we brought a bunch of cats here to do a little beat showcase at the museum um, this last this last uh, spring. We had a bunch of uh producers that are really pushing some boundaries from Chicago and Detroit, kinda all meet here in Toledo yeah. at the museum to showcase what they're doing and all those dudes were involved.
0: Oh that's right.
2: uh but yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot happening. I mean it's you know, Chicago and Detroit are obviously like uh-huh. very important when it comes to electronic music and the evolution. Um, so it's really cool to be in the middle of those two spaces, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely, man. Yeah, there's it's a uh, interesting area. Um, fuck, what was I just gonna say? I was just gonna ask you something else. Um, God damn it! I'll refer to my notes. Um,
4: you, got, you got a lot of notes.
1: I do, I do. I mean, how cool. long do you guys got? We're not gonna go on ass interview. No, we're not. Are we're you not...
4: condensing it? No. <laughs> it's just it's just. Free... It's
1: long form. That's cool. Yeah. Eight. I I got. No, I have to piss like a racehorse, so we're gonna wrap up soon. So okay.
4: fucking um Well I'm 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 only just I'm just kinda wondering what um as far as as uh critical content goes, you know, I just wonder if if there's gonna be if there's like a trail off when with the fatigue. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you mean oh, you mean of my listeners? Oh well or of that, me? That, oh, yo, I'm not sure simple. what you're asking. Oh no, I'm just I'm saying as far as quality control, uh like we could go, we could go for twelve hours, but it's probably going to descend into a, a unusable content. You
1: know? I think everything that we've talked about is usable. You
4: know, righteous.
1: <laughs> you, you guys know. think some of this is boring? <laughs> I like it. No, I, I've I had a good time. Good. I'm fun. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm fucking. I'm. Dude, it's. I'm, People listen, people listen along, like one of the most popular podcasts in the world are like three and a half to four hours long. is people get
4: into that pacing and just
3: like... Mm-hmm.
1: It, because like with podcasts on like radio, you can just come back to it. So like they'll just like, they can jog to it. They're riding the train, they're listening, get home, they fucking take a shower, blah, 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 come back to it next day. They pick up right where it's at. That's what's so great about the medium is that it, there's no scheduled time. It's really relaxed. Yeah, and you don't have to... Fu- it, 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 it's, it's Radio bothers me, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's radio. So there's this... I think UT, that radio station is fucking dope, dude. Like, oh, the is, the student-ran one, I don't know. There was, like, a whole, like, hip-hop hour that I was just jamming out to. They were playing the new Tribe and shit. Did you guys listen to the new Tribe album? Yeah, it was dope, dude. Um, yeah, I got pee. <laughs> uh... Oh yeah, this is what I definitely want to bring up. I think I saw something. Maybe I have it wrong, but I think I saw something on Facebook that the Dakota Pipeline. It, did you guys go do that? Did you guys go protest that? No,
2: I had a, a really close friend that was that was going there, um, that wasn't allowed to go there, or publicly go there via, um, for his due to his work. Uh huh. So I was helping organize rides. Gotcha. Out there
0: for gotcha. Him. Okay.
1: Okay. So, yeah. I was just curious. I thought I saw something. Yeah, no, we were. We were I didn't making realize about that
2: it.
4: was the case. I didn't
2: realize. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, for sure.
1: Did he make it out there? Yeah, cool.
2: he went multiple times, and then ended up bringing a bunch of different colleagues from. He's a journalist, so oh, okay. It was, it, it, it worked out great. Uh, I don't think I was of any help, but <laughs> no, but, yeah, but.
1: But you tried. Yeah, that was you doing your part, man. Well. <laughs> Well, it, it was like freezing out there. They're like shooting rubber bullets at you. It's intense. That it was, it was a fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. They said they won, but I had some friends go out there too. And uh, when they got there, it was like sort of right at the end of the media coverage, sort of. And um, they were like, "Dude, it's still going on. It's still happening. It's mm-hmm. not. That it didn't stop. They're not. They're still being twats." Um, okay, so. I always ask this: What's uh, what's like a weakness that you guys are trying to overcome with it, with music or with an instrument or just with something that you're trying to overcome, like maybe now, currently, or something that you've over you're trying to overcome in the past.
2: Um, I think personally, is the concept of, um, yeah, I think we talked about it a lot in this. It's just, it's just, um, that last. You know the last fifteen percent of making a record or oh, making a song, finishing. Yeah, just actually saying, you know, this is the vital thing, and making that vital thing clear, and then letting it go, so you can be free to make a new vital thing. No. Yeah. yeah.
1: Perfect. I think that sums that up. How about you,
3: Sam?
4: Yeah, I guess uh, our group. Our group goal is just like that. Uh, that better workflow our workflow always feels good and positive it's just a kind of a it's just it also involves a lot of hours so we want so yeah as a, we want to get that turnaround um happening quicker and and then individually uh i want to uh, kind of get my setup together to kind of be able to contribute more uh, live outside of a uh, or at least be able to integrate, like, my drum set stuff or whatever kind of live percussion is happening with, um, some other interesting sounds and controls, you know, to kind of be able to, to provide, I think that we've been talking about one sort of, like, performance philosophy of both being able to kind of create landscapes for each other to then kind of, um, populate, um, you know, and, uh, so I want to be able to add to that language so that I can make some neat landscapes of my own. Um,
1: For sure, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap. Do you mind if I play one of your songs off of the, the first album?
2: No, that's fine. Which track are you going to play? I don't know. The one th- of the P-Vortex? The one P- keep the P- Vortex or the <laughs> one
1: billion, st- one billion <laughs> people stronger than... A billion yeah, Which one would you suggest?
2: I love one billion strong. I think it actually is pretty representative, um, <laughs> fairly representative, you know, of, of uh, what we're doing now. That one, you know. Okay. Um, but I actually really like the last song that you're talking about too. That's just a, you know, you could actually play that last song uh, and just loop it throughout this entire <laughs> yeah, thing you could and, and just, and keep just build the whole on. time. Oh, um,
0: yeah.
1: I yeah. Was- and pissing off the side of a yeah that was the oblivion. one yeah right <laughs> that was that one that
2: one was called you could gl- play
4: it during that little yeah. segment
2: right know. that's true there you go bring that back okay um I oh. like those two. And then there's also Consider the Distance is a really pretty tune on there, too. And that was that was towards the end of the process as well.
1: Consider uh, the Distance.
2: That was number... I don't mm-hmm. even remember which. I haven't listened to that record. Let me one. write
1: these down so I can actually edit these I like these that in. ending of Floating Leaves quite a bit. Floating Leaves
2: is pretty, too, but that's a good example of like a sample-based right. track, right, so you know?
1: All right, we'll start off with One Billion Strong. All right, so we're going to listen to One Billion Strong, and we'll be right back. the shortest song. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Like when I do my live feeds, like the whole the whole, you know, the the mystery is gone. So, yeah.
2: we might be able to give you a cut off this new record.
1: Okay. I'm I'm down with that too. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> uh and then what was the other one that you were What was the pissing song? Sorry, It's I don't... the last
2: track on the record. The
1: last track. What's okay. it called?
2: Like glow spelled wrong? Glow? It's like spelled with like a bunch of G's, I think, or a bunch, of, a bunch like of W's. A bunch of Oh yeah,
1: yeah, glow. Or glow. I think
2: I mean that's a good example of me not having any lyrics, so trying to figure out how <laughs> to name a song. Glow. You should see some of the bounces, what they're called. It's just like,
1: oh yeah, totally. Just these rough bounce names. Oh yeah. Shit song, whatever. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to Glow, and then we'll be right back in like 12 minutes. In 12 minutes, that's okay. Sounds really long. Yeah, that's all right. Do some drugs to it. All right. We not condone that. No. <laughs> ben and Sam do not condone the use Wait, of we don't, drugs. Wait, we don't, we don't not condone don't, it. What we, do we do? We, we don't, don't endorse uh,
3: that publicly. No, you can't.
1: And then maybe we'll play one more song. Maybe. Yeah. Let's maybe play we'll one.
2: play a little cut off a of new record. Oh. Just but you know, maybe thirty seconds.
1: Thirty second cut, so <laughs> this may or may not be a new song. Okay, so let's wrap up. Actually, I do have something that I just remembered. One time I was helping you load out of Mickey Finn's with a red, maybe, Worlitzer?
2: Oh, I did have a Red Roads at one point.
1: Red Roads. Borrowing. And I fucking was helping you out. And it was the old stage. Remember yeah. how the old stage led out the back door? Right. I was helping you, and I was backing up, and I was much fatter. And I fucking tripped and, like, I don't know if I dropped the rose, but I came rolling out of that fucking back door. Oh, no. And I think your sister was walking up at the same time and I just started laughing at oh. me, which deserved, I deserved that because I was fat and, and drunk. And oh, I no. probably dropped your rose. You roads. shouldn't
2: have been messing with that rose. I shouldn't have let you. That's my fault.
1: <laughs> I, and I don't even know why I was on stage trying to help you. I was just like, here I am helping you now. There's a way, there's what, you know, and, and we get that type of
2: offer a lot sometimes. Um, right and the but my 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 designated response is. You know you're here to enjoy us. Yeah. We're here at work, so yeah. we'll, you know we'll just do our job and yeah. you have a good time.
1: And also, I don't want you to touch my shit. Well, Fuck you. Well,
2: you know, for <laughs> job. Well, the you know, thing is, <laughs>
4: is that people will people will um, be in the habit of doing that for bands, and the bartender already is like, you know, like it's the, you immediately. Walk in the door with the person that they were just trying to kick out a few minutes ago. You know, and right. you're like, "Hey, we're here to play." You're yeah. like, oh, we got a plus one. Yeah, oh, great. <laughs>
1: That's All right. Nice. Well, I have to pee so fucking bad I can taste it. So, um, I'll see you That's guys from next Lady time. Bugs, that is from Ladybugs. Hey, I've never had any anybody- <laughs> Ladybugs. Ladybugs. I can pee so bad I can taste it. That's funny. You're goddamn right. It was. All right. Um, Yeah, thank you guys so much for taking out time and, uh, you know, inviting me to your awesome little industrial fucking studio. Um, It's great. So, all right. Thanks for doing it, man. Um,
4: Also, just a thank you, a thank you and shout out to Pat Pat O'Connor. Oh, yeah, I heard about Pat's passing. Yeah, very sad for Toledo and for. Yeah, yeah
1: man. Boogie Records and fucking Culture Clash. Yeah. I was Le- just legendary. there on New Year's Eve. Oh, not New Year's Eve. Fucking Christmas Eve buying some records. And I was talking to him about Miles Davis fucking about Water Babies because he had a copy of Water Babies. And we were just talking about its origin. So that was like really weird. Okay, I'm going to pee. You guys, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <sighs> Well, wasn't that just swell? I really appreciate Ben and Sam for letting me in their little space there and uh, do my thing. Go to heavycolor.com. That's H E A V Y C O L O R.com. Support these guys. Uh, they have a band camp where you can actually purchase their album, the self titled album, Heavy Color. And uh, be on the lookout for new music. Sorry, Ben, I didn't get a chance to hit you up and try to get (laughs) a a new song clip, but uh, you know, be on the lookout anyways. By the way, the music that's going on underneath my voice right now is Heavy Color. It's called Floating Leaves. Awesome song. Also check out the anti-villains or anti-villains um, on Spotify, you can buy their album as well, I think, from their website. And um, I'll put all that in the liner notes so you guys can just click on links so it's really easy to access their stuff. Um, uh, also, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Podomatic or wherever the hell you get your podcast. Uh, it helps us also write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com leave a friendly message leave an angry message which you love to do um, leave um, if you're a foreign person who or a foreign entity who is emailing me to um, teach them how to speak English yes I will I will speak English to you um poorly but i will respond i i've had a few over the last few weeks that want to just speak english to me and that's fun too okay folks be nice to your fellow human being even if they are a trump supporter we gotta love them too hjs for everybody
0: 大きな。でもなかなか